Hey there, boys and girls. Welcome to this week's episode of Hollow Weekly. Nick and George here with the best horror films of the decade. Our favorite horror films of the decade. I will. I will, fight, will fight for anyone. best. All I will right, fight let's for do it. Best. Anyone. Right. Anyone yeah, says. Anyone says nay to this list. <laughs> they're gonna catch his hands. <laughs> let's do it. Let's do it. Let's. Do, oh, but you had some. I had. Yeah. Had I have surprise. So here's how this is gonna go. Okay. So what we're gonna do is. We each built a list of 20, so we're going to we have 20. We have some in common, so there's some overlap. I think we have a half, so, so about allegedly half. half. Yeah, we have allegedly half. And then, so we'll just trade off. We did it in order, so it'll be also interesting to see where it is in order, where it is in common, right? Mm-hmm. We're not really reviewing movies. Most of these are going to be known. I have a couple that probably are not that known, but... Mm-hmm. but Generally, obviously. yeah, don't worry, we're not going to review 40 films, right? Bore the shit out of you. But what I do have is I have some, so we also pitched out to our the horror community on Facebook and Instagram, etc., and got some horror answers. Group. Yes, got some answers from them, so we're gonna include a couple of they their... had two big whammies. That... Well, go ahead, and just say them because the... I don't think they're on our lists. First mm-hmm. one was Final Destination 5, yes, which if you haven't you know, listen to it. We did a whole episode about how it's the best fifth installment of any franchise. Yes. Um, and then the other one was Kong Skull Island. Yeah. And Kong Skull Island is interesting because I, I don't like the, it's not horror argument or discussion, but I got to admit when you're trying to fit 50 great movies into a box of 20, you start to just be like, you know, it's not horror enough out. <laughs> it just becomes like a way to if 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 we were doing movies, if we were doing like movies of the year yes. of the, or of the decade. Yes. There's there's quite a few that I think I would kick off my list right yes. now, and I know Skull I know Skull Island would definitely right, but Skull Island is definitely the best modern American Godzilla universe film. Because that's that universe. Yeah, King right? Kong's the best part about Godzilla, <laughs> but it's the universe, right? Because they're meeting. So, correct? Yeah, yeah, yeah. They're all connected. And right now, like, after King of Monsters came out, like, Kong Skull Island's still, like, the most enjoyable. And it's bright. You can Ooh. actually see what's who's fighting. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? <laughs> totally, yeah, totally. And the cast is ridiculous. The cast good. was super good. So it was like everyone right. from Marvel. <laughs> True. <laughs> True. Good point. Well, that that's in the year 20... 25, that'll just be everyone. So. That's it's Except all for hot. Scorsese. Everyone will be in that, <laughs> everyone will be in that bench. No, he'll be doing his own pictures. <laughs> all right, let's do some stats. I'm, we, we didn't... I prepared this, but you don't know what we're doing. I don't so know what's I'm happening. I'm going to throw this at you. I just want to see... I like this. I want to see what you come up with, right? So, and I've made some changes to my list, but here's the thing. So, of of our of the both our lists combined, and including the Hello Weekly Horror Group, um, what year do you think is most Uh-oh. represented <laughs> on the list? The most movies came from which year? 2017. No, 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 no. What year was Get Out? Uh, that was 16, 17? Okay, 2017. All right. So 2017 had has four movies um, on the list. Like, like home runs. like the- Second place. There's five in 2014 and 15 each. So the middle of the decade is super represented, right? There's one year that has no films. Which one? What, do you guess? What do you think? Oh, what, my God. What year do you think has no films? Two. Th- 
2000. Gatsby's agreeing. Yeah, 14. 2014. That's my gut. 2014. 2019. We don't have a single film from this year. Well, here's the thing, dude. Now, caveat, big asterisk. I know almost for certainty that I will be adding Parasite to my list after I see it. Because I feel good enough about that director and everything I've learned about the movie, I have not seen it yet, but I have a feeling that would that would be that would bump something off my list of twenty. But nothing else for this year is on this list, so I don't know if that's recency bias like flipped or if that's just uh, the year or you know what it is. Well, also it's like we've had like even with like two thousand eighteen, like we've had like a year for the movies to like marinate for a little bit. There's only two from two thousand eighteen. There's one from two thousand ten. I'm telling you, the middle of the decade when I when I mapped it out, I'm like, wow, the middle know, of the dude, decade year, was really crazy. 2019 had some really good ones. Like, I really like the Child's Play remake. I really like Scary Stories to Tell in the Dark. Like right. those two, those those were the yeah, two. they were really enjoyable movies this year. There were enjoyable movies every year, but when crunch time comes and you got to get it onto a list, I just think it's I I I, I, I agree and disagree. Like I I still think it's it's. It's a little, it's almost unfair for them because they haven't had a lot of time to marinate. You know what I'm saying? I totally agree. That's they, I mean, it's suspicious that it's the most that's the what, most recent. Year. Exactly. That's what I have a theory though. He, I, I was pu- I was puzzling this over. So there's I I feel like now there's two reasons primarily that I can come up with why the whole 80s early 90s you know kind of horror fan base and they always complain that that you know no movies horror movies really live up to that. Even some people like stand for the seventies, you know, like mm-hmm. uh, obviously there's just great horror movies in all those blocks, right? But they're always like it's not the same, the quality's not, it's not whatever. But here's the thing: so first of all, you're not fourteen anymore, so that's part of it. Because that hell, you yeah. were probably around that age when you first started watching horror movies, like whether it was eighties or nineties or whatever mm-hmm. it was, right? So it's it's different, <laughs> sadly, when you're an adult. But yeah, also I think that movies split i think it's jekyll and hyde now the more i thought about it the more i thought the movie horror movies aren't fun and serious simultaneously like fun and brutal as nearly with the frequency they were in the 80s or 90s i think this era quality wise is the same like I, there are so many i couldn't i had so much trouble making my list but when i went look i went and looked back at like elm street 3 right which is scary and hilarious and bleak mm-hmm. and light like it's all combined right and then i was looking at this whole a24 block of like you know it comes at night mother those kind of movies they're not fun but they're super well done yeah and then the movies that are fun like child's play or whatever aren't scary so i feel like what happened was it split right it diverged now there's exceptions to the rule but i i feel like there was a there were fun and seriously scary movies like Evil Dead 2 style coming out with all the ingredients combined with way more frequency then. So it's not better or worse, it's just different, right? So that's the theory that I'm working off with in my head. I don't know if that makes sense. Well, it's like like culinary stuff. You look at like some of the cookbooks from the 70s, it's like... (laughs) I heard like the fifties. Everything's in like a Jello. <laughs> Get out your microwave. Yeah, this shit changes. <laughs> <laughs> it, to- it totally does change. But there are some deadly serious movies on on on, on my list, and I couldn't even yeah. avoid it just because they're so well done. Right. All right. Ne- next stat. You ready? Um, there are. What is the highest Rotten Tomatoes rating? Oh of my god! Any movie on our list? 
It's going to be something the stupid absolute, because Not the like, movie. Just pick the percentage. What's the highest percentage? Did we get 100 in there? Did we get a 99? A 99 I, think, I, think, I think we got... What do you think we got in there? I'm looking at my list. <laughs> Don't say all, any names. Just, I know. Just give me stats. Do I think... Do I, so do I... What, do I have to name the one that... No, just tell just, me a percentage. What's, what's the ceiling? The highest percentage? The highest percentage of any I movie? guarantee one of them's 100%. Okay, I guarantee you that's not true. <laughs> I guarantee one of them's 99%. <laughs> I guarantee you that's not true. <laughs> I guarantee it's 98%. <laughs> yes, there are two movies okay. at 98%. There are quite a few movies Are they, are they ones that the we 90s. both picked? Are they yes. the ones in common? Yes. Okay, car- killer. So, okay, what's the lowest percent? Because oh, remember, probably. we're picking the best movies ever. Oh, and... and Hmm. We we put some of our own opinions in there. We did. So that that's why I said favorite. I'm guessing. I'm guessing the lowest we probably got on there. It's probably like fifty six percent. Forty five. Forty five. We've got one forty five or in there. Is it going to shock me? Probably not. Okay. Probably. Not. Is it my pick? It, <laughs> it is. It is your pick. <laughs> oh, I think I know what it is. <laughs> yeah, I, I know. I know you know what it is. Ah, shit. All right. How many remakes are on our combined list? Oh, okay. Uh. Dude, this is really... I'm looking... Oh, my God. One? Two combined. Wow. So out of basically 30 and change movies, because we had a little overlap, we only got two remakes on the list. How many sequels? Oh, Jesus Christ. Um, I'm looking at mine, and I got one. And I'm guessing to save... I'm guessing you got one too, so I'm guessing two. It's two again. Wow. Right? Man, for people shitting about remakes and like crying about all that, like. <laughs> There's a lot of original stuff happening. Quite at least a bit. enough to put on that on our list. Um, all right. So there were no double directors. We didn't get anyone in there twice. But if That's... you count honorable mentions, can you think of a couple of directors off the top of your head that might have been doubled up? Because it came close. I have a movie so that like, I actually had on my list that I took off, but if I had left it, it would have, it would have made it too direct. I don't. I can't think of one off the top of my head. Okay, it so, might have changed if I had seen The Nightingale by now, but the, <laughs> yeah, yeah, for sure, or or The Lighthouse, right? Yeah. So, all right, so um, the closest we came to double director, at least the, from my knowledge, or Doctor Sleep. There's a lot that came out like recently. Jesus. My my honorable mention, the closest we came was Mike Flanagan. That would be my guess. Right. And I'm, mine would also... Well, he's... Because I had Oculus on my list originally. Mm. My my rough list. And then it came off like halfway through my compiling. But I love Oculus. So it was... Yeah, no. I, he, he makes the most sense. I feel like he's... He's never done a movie that isn't fresh on Rotten Tomatoes. And that's rare for a horror. He's done quite a bit, director, too. Right. Which is great. Plus, with for Dr. Sure. Sleep coming out this... Like, tomorrow. Yeah. yeah I know. Dude, we're I'm doing so this excited. right before, yeah, right before that. <laughs> um, we'll have to add to a bonus episode. And that, and let me take a look. We also, um, we also almost doubled up with. Um, uh, nope, never mind. That wasn't good. Oh, we almost, we almost, we we could have hypothetically doubled up with Fetty Alvarez. Mm-mm. Oh yeah. Uh, all right. So that was that was the stats that I came almost up with. with him. Almost with them. So, but we have no doubles, which I think I'm pretty excited about. That means that there's just a lot of this year's got a lot of flavor, different kind of talents, you know, doing different kind of things, and we're going to make it happen. All right. So, without further ado, what is number twenty on your list, dude? I'm starting off with Spectre Vision, my dude. I am. They first of all, they're they're the. I mean, people get talk about a lot of A24, but 
I mean, Spectre Division's done. They did. They I think they did a Girl Walks Home Alone at Night. Mm-hmm. Pretty sure they did Mandy. Isn't that right? They did. They've done a lot and, of work. But but I'm putting it on there because I loved Cooties. Forty five percent. That's the one. <laughs> God damn it! That movie was so good. Not to me. I don't understand. <laughs> and here's the thing. I I I I, I put Cooties over uh, Little Monsters. Right. To be honest, exactly. and even though Little Monsters, I laughed constantly. There was there was something that was fr- like super really like, like little monsters made me laugh more but cooties i think the the idea of it happening in a school it's basically where the children in an elementary school become zombies right it's more because, horror because of mutated chicken nuggets <laughs> so right and the opening is disgusting um but it was as are chicken nuggets it, yeah um <laughs> and it might be because i also like finally got on the a train and watched the office right and i love uh, Rain Wilson, mm-hmm. he is hilarious. I feel like he could. He's got one super dangerous role in him, like the kind of thing that Robin Williams is to do. Where yeah. all of a sudden you'd pop, he'd pop up and he'd be in like insomnia or one hour photo, and you'd be like, "What's, <laughs> Just, that? What's happening?" You're like, what, "Please stop! <laughs> you're scaring me." No, I think he has it. Plus, it's it's got Elijah Woods, it's got uh, Rain Wilson, and they are they are hilarious. And uh, I think. Because it was funny, we were actually talking about Land of the Dead and how it came out in a saturated time with zombie stuff, mm-hmm. and this sort of came out like I, around Walking Dead fatigue, mm-hmm. and I think because I, I was officially off the Walking Dead train, and then I saw this, and I was like, oh, zombies can still be fun. That's yeah. See, that's personal, and that makes total sense. Yeah, right? that, and Rain Wilson's hilarious. Anything that can take a little of the gray out of Walking Dead. Is, is, well, it took a little bit of that gray and put it in a chicken nugget <laughs> and mutated all, all the kids. You don't have to add gray to chicken nuggets. That's their natural state. <laughs> that's their natural state. All right, so my number twenty film is Revenge, which came back in. I had taken dude. It out. That was in and out, and yeah. in and out, and and I. Here's the thing. If I'm being honest. I wasn't convinced I wanted it in there because it actually is pretty similar to a movie that I'm going to talk about later that's way up further on my list. Mm-hmm. But um, And only tonally similar. The plots are totally different. But the more I thought about it, the more I realized that I appreciated the way the visuals from that movie stuck with me more than almost anything horror has done in the last couple of years. And the reason that's sort of special to me is that I feel like a lot of movies are trying to do that now. Mm-hmm. I don't feel like there was there was an era where they weren't really trying that. I feel like a lot of the late '90s horror movies didn't care if they were ugly or flat or you know bad CGI or whatever. They're like, but you know when you look at movies the way they're staging them and doing it, even like the even Halloween 2018, right? I feel like a lot of that movie was shot so that it could be turned into posters or yeah, yeah, yeah. like just artistic, like the kill scene in Halloween 2018 where he's in the closet and he's attacking the mm-hmm. babysitter. That room looks like a plausible room someone could live in, but it also is just gorgeous. It's got like the light mobile spinning and like the colors and all, and all that is great, but it's ultimately it's kind of, they're great, but they didn't stick with me the way the, the the visuals in Revenge stuck with me. When when the girl in Revenge falls and she's like on that tree, impaled, right, and stuck like whatever, just the 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 detail of the first shot, you don't even know what you're looking at, and you realize you're looking upside down from her POV at like grains of sand and ants and blood dripping down. Oh, I like, forgot about how great that like was. That shot, like the shot thunder. when she heals her, yeah, the whole thunder all around that, the shot when she heals her tattoo, and she gets that sigil from the, the, the beer, can, beer yeah. can, like all the visual, and then the house, 
And all the shots of like that that brutal like gory massacre in the thing. I don't know. I, it just I couldn't leave it off because the visuals are just so striking and they stayed with me so vividly. Right. So that's all right. What's your number nineteen? Yeah, I'm sad. I'm yeah. sad. I didn't put revenge on mine. Like, no, it's, it's right. We got a combined it, list. It's the it, you know, we do have a combined list, and I will say this to add to it. It, it, it was the first, probably one of the only films aside from one of the other ones, which I think will be obvious. That made me wince. Totally. So, because it's 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 gory. I mean, it doesn't, it doesn't pull punches. It's good gore. It's like Mandy in the in the sense that it's it's a little bit high concept and like whatever. But it, when it gets to it, it gets to <laughs> it. it. Like, okay, <laughs> number nineteen. I know that we both got this one. Yes, this one's this one's a, a, a fun one. Sinister. Yes. Oh, I changed mine. <laughs> you motherfucker. Okay, well, I still got Sinister uh, yes. number nineteen on my I list. I Sinister on mine, dude. It's like it's like a like it's. It's one of those like original films that I feel like everyone's seen, but it still feels underrated. Totally, and I don't know why. It is. It got well. It, obviously, it got it got uh, you know swamped by the Warnerverse a little bit, right? So like, it's just not the biggest name in that thing. If, if you imagine, imagine you know, I'm, I'm picturing Galaxy Quest in my head, but imagine like a convention where. But instead of meeting celebrities, the movies became people and they were bringing them out on stage. Mm-hmm. So you got Conjuring, Conjuring 2, all of them sitting back on stage, right? You got The Nun, I don't know, like bringing Annabelle people coffee. There, yeah. <laughs> because no one's going to let The Nun actually <laughs> go on stage, obviously. But then you're like, all right, so you're going to introduce them. Now you got to, what are you going to save for last? It's not sinister. You're not going to be like, and finally, Boom. the one you've all been waiting for. That's just not how that goes, right? So I don't think, I think it got kind of lost in a thing. But I just want to throw this in there. I know I've told this story on a previous podcast, but it's, I'm not even going to go through the whole story. But it's just, I wanted to fight for Sinister so hard. But I, I ultimately, I think that one moment that's personal to me was swaying me because the movies I have on my list I like a little bit better. But there's that one moment where the little girl, uh, leans into Ethan Hawke while he's tied up on the ground and she's slaughtering his family, at the, his daughter. And she leans down and she whispers to him and she's like, and you don't even hear it. Like, I swear to God, the first time I watched this movie, I didn't hear it. And then and his, the look on his face, great acting. And it was just terrifying. And then after the movie was over, I went and Googled what she said. And as soon as it popped up in a search result and it said, here's what she said. She goes, don't worry, daddy. Uh, yeah. I got like this chill. <laughs> it, the movie scared me more after I saw it than while I was watching it, which has never happened to me before me or since this. with a movie because of the unique scare. I really like it. But, Let me ask you this. Yes. Out of all the, of our picks, yes. is Ethan Hawke probably one of the best actors in any of these films? Yes. I Well, no, I mean, we've got some really good actors in our film. But he's I mean, high up there. Look at Eyeball and number, my, our number, I think our collective number two, the cast on that is just insane. But I'll right? say pound for pound when he comes in the ring. But yeah, for sure, absolutely. I mean, he was amazing in First Reformed, and he's been amazing for a long time. And even in horror, he was great in Daybreakers and like you know. Yeah. So. But the 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 last thing I want to say about it was yes. it felt original. It felt great. It stayed with me. It's truly scary. It's truly scary. And it was also one of the films my dad messaged me about. He goes, "Have you seen Sinister? <laughs> that was messed up." <laughs> And like that never really happened, so I'm like, wow, I had. Some- I'm glad it's on your list. If 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 you had taken it off, I would have audible and put it back on mine. Someone had to have it, but but it's 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 an amazing. I think it's just a really really well done film. And and here's the thing: I know this is going to sound weird, 
But I have an honorable mention. We're going to get to our honorable mentions. I'll just reveal one of my mind out, which is Last Shift, which oh, we yeah, talk yeah, about yeah. all the time because I think it's one of the truly scary movies like Autopsy of Jane Doe that like really, you know, people say movies are scary, but these are really frightening movies. And I was like, how could I put Sinister on and not Last Shift? And they cancel each other out. Yeah. <laughs> so neither of them got on because they're literally equal to me. Right? That makes sense. I can see that. All right. So that was my. So my number 19, and I know this is elsewhere on your list, but my number 19 film is Let Me In, the Matt Reeves remake. I can't really put down that. Of Let low. the Right One In. So I did put it low, and it's only because it is a remake. And it's an inferior remake, right? So, like, I know get it being as good as the original would be really hard to do, but, and I'm not taking it away from it. It's on my list, right? Like, it beat out a lot of amazing movies. It's true. I love this film. But um, it's because it's a remake, I just felt like I wanted to reward the originality of what's higher up on the list a little, That's fair. A little bit more. It's also really frightening, right? And very, very well acted, which, which is a miracle given the age of the, <laughs> the people that are involved and very well directed. And also just incredible visuals. I, I mean, it's just it's just so hard to do a remake well, let alone a remake of a, a true classic. Right. So. Yeah. So. No, that's that. That makes sense. That's crazy. What's that was your, your 19. What's your 19? All right. Well, mine was Sinister. So now we're on 18. Oh, OK. Uh, what's your 18? 18. It had to be somewhere on the list. Yes. Evil Dead remake. And also my 18. Let's just get out of the way. <laughs> oh, thank God, dude. I loved this movie so much, dude. And I saw it. Hey, here's the thing. We each have a bunch of personal reasons for like why we put everything on our list. And for me, like the movie has to be good, duh. Yes. But I think like the way and uh, the way I see it, who Are I you saw sure? it with. Cooties. <laughs> Cooties was great. I'm just kidding. I saw Cooties at the premiere. That shit was great. That shit was great. I saw Elijah Wood. That, you know, what was weird though was seeing him there and then seeing him again at the one point of time. It's really weird. Um, but I saw Evil Dead. Uh, I think me and Alex. I think we were visiting family or we hadn't moved out to LA yet, but we saw it at my old stomping ground, Shaker's Ten. Mm-hmm. Uh, which at the time what they had like five dollar Tuesdays, and it was, they finally just renovated it this year. So like, it's apparently it's really nice now. But it used to be kind of grimy and gross, mm-hmm. but it was fun. And when we went, me and Alex were like the only two in the theater. It's awesome. And it was like it just it just felt like that old school horror movie going experience. Yeah. And it was I mean aside it also sparked my love for Fetty Alvarez. Totally. I would watch anything that guy does. Yes. Uh, but the gore's great. The retelling of the story, doing the uh, the drug addict uh, in the cabin thing, was was well done. Mm-hmm. Um, I really pray there was there was news about a new Evil Dead that I I want to see them continue that story. Totally, I do too. I great. just I great. it's a it's a great movie. I saw it in the theater and it was also fun because the audience I could tell the audience just thought they were going to see. Like Jigsaw, basically. And they just weren't ready for the no-holds-barred nature of it. And they weren't ready for how it starts. Because I think the way it starts is pretty magical, right? Mm -hmm. Like that fake-out with the wood chase and the girl. And then, like, it's just... All of that is amazing. But it's so hard to make iconic visuals... In, in a movie that to as a as a remake of a movie that had iconic visuals, right? But like the girl like razoring her cheek open, the tongue and the, and the blood rain, right? And the girl trapped under the trap door with the eye, or her scary eyes, doing like, the little tappy thing. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I mean, it's just you know, 
it, 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 funny it enough, really did really that, good job. That film had website banners that again scare the shit out of my dad. <laughs> He would get up for work, have a cup of coffee. We get your dad to do oh, this. Yeah, yeah. And, and, and the ad was she would pop up and be like, "Hey, over here, over here." And I guess it would just freak him out every fucking time. So those are two in the row for dad. I think that's awesome. <laughs> I think that's phenomenal. All right. Uh, so uh, that was my. We had the same eighteen. 18. What's your seventeen? Okay, this one I fucking love this. Movie. I saw this one and Whiplash in the same night, back to back. No oh, marathon. And so we watched. Uh, Actually, no, we saw The Babadook, which is my pick. Yes. Because I remember someone on Reddit was like, you guys have to see this movie, and it just was on demand. So we watched it, and then we went and saw Whiplash at the Lemley in Pasadena. So it was like the best night for movies ever. Mm-hmm. But The Babadook, I mean, first of all, I love the kid in that film. People yeah, always I complain know. about how he's so annoying. And I'm like, yeah, that's, that's his fucking job, you <laughs> idiot. <laughs> like, imagine doing good at your job. Your boss comes up and just beats the shit out of you. <laughs> he's like, you're too fucking good. That's the point. Um, but I also love, I, but to be to be fair, the, the, the divide it brought to the horror community was actually kind of great because it was around the time we started Hollow Weekly. Yep. And it was kind of fun because like we always wanted to start it and like have like a no bullshit place to talk about horror that's not super negative, uh, which yes. a lot of other people are starting to get on board with now. Uh, yes. <laughs> so I just want to say we were the OGs of that <laughs> um, and defending the film, but the 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 talk that came with it was so interesting mm-hmm. because. There was like the hardcore '80s fans who like fucking hated it and were never gonna like it. Then there was those people now who are like, I kind of like this new horror stuff we're, we're doing totally. here. And Jennifer Kent, fucking amazing dude. I love the way this film shot. It's almost sort of like it's like Tim Burtony. Yep. It's like and and like that atmosphere just always works. Tim Burton minus Danny Elfman minus Danny <laughs> and Danny DeVito. <laughs> yeah, right. Um, it's also my seventeen, by the way. It's also also we both got seventeen, yeah. and the the acting in it is just it's it's so good. And also, uh, a lot of people talked. Uh, what someone was like, or what, one of the big complaints was like, it was so on the nose. Like you know, like oh, we get it. It's about depression. I'm like, all horror films are about some kind of depression, too. <laughs> right? Or anxiety, or right? Exactly. Yeah. But but it was. I think one of the things you I I I, I want to give credit. Whenever someone's on the front end of something, like whoever invested in Apple, like the third, fourth investor, like they, well, they, they made out fine, but, <laughs> um, Babadook was the leading edge of the return of horror movies being about trauma. Right. Mm-hmm. And now we're really in that where even if you turn on like a pulp action film, like Overlord, everyone's got like a traumatic backstory. You, yeah. you, I mean, you, now trauma is the 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 currency of the horror realm now right so like it, it literally Ari Aster is making a career out of it so right it's it, but Babadook was sort of first for that for that like I think it was also the an return of it IFC mm-hmm. the Independent Film Channel yes production which I think they also did like Midnight Meat Train they come out with some really cool shit they every do now and then. they do really good work uh, all right so go to your sixteen since we both had that well one last thing about Babadook oh yeah sorry. I, it's I think it's probably my only super optimistic ending film. Like, dude, I got like when she when she when she screams at the at the Baba Duck to leave her alone, and then she's like empowered, but then it's still like in the basement. Like, it's always like sort of gonna shadow yeah, her totally. a little bit. I fucking like it's probably the most emotional ending, other than our number two. I, <laughs> I would argue that the ending of our number one pick is pretty empowering, but we'll get that's to, true. We'll get to okay, that. so but number, yeah, I agree with you. Number sixteen. Yes, what's your sixteen? I know we differ on this one. Okay. 
I got Scream Four. I love that you put it there. I love it had to be like it. I had like there's no way like because this is the last decade we're gonna be able to put Craven on anything. Yes, which is heartbreaking. <laughs> I mean, maybe it's it's possible that that I saw a news article today that said they were. The James Dean James thing. James Dean, but yeah, I mean, who knows, man? That'd be weird. If they could do it with directors, like they could grab like their essence, <laughs> their voice. That'd be, I'm sure, I mean, I'm sure AI so can do it at some point. Like, slow down. It out. But yeah, no, you're right. It's it's sad, that, and it's it. But what's what's a gift to us is that a lot of his late movies were as good as anything he'd ever he, ever done. I really think he stuck the landing. Like Scream, like Scream Four. First of all, like we 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 mentioned Final Destination Five being the best fifth. Mm-hmm. Like when you get past three, it's a hard uphill battle to be a good film, be rel- still be relevant. Totally. You know, other than other than it finds its cult following. Yeah, like name a horror franchise where that has that has three great movies in it. I mean, it's hard to do even with franchises that have twenty films. Sometimes you don't get three great. They can be fun or amazing. To like, me, there's like, or like scary, but two great Jason films. Right. Well, <laughs> that's what I'm saying is like it is it you get you know, but the fact that Scream one, two, and four are so great, like it's it's just the odds. I mean, that are incredible. Not to mention. I like you were saying with you know Friday or Elm Street or like whatever like those are different directors. This is all Craven exactly, and the fact that he was able to to just bookend it. I mean, which is crazy saying this now. Did you see the news a little bit ago that they're yeah. trying to bring bring him back? Yeah. Which I I'm all for. Just there's there's billions of people on the planet. Multiple people can work on <laughs> fucking <laughs> screen franchise. We're fine. Um, but it holds up. It's finally getting its cult following today. The that that catchy mm-hmm. song in the beginning, me and Alex for some reason we were on a kick where we would listen to that going to Disneyland every time and we just start hilarious. start belting it belting it out. Um but for it to be a fourth film in a franchise and be that goddamn good Agreed. is a crazy feat and it's like a Wes Craven send off. Yeah, you got Craven on a list. No. I, I'm never gonna be against that. Uh Ex Machina is my number six. I was battling with that one. You were confident in though. I was, yeah. I I knew this. I knew it was gonna make it. I I know that it's a lot sci-fi and all that stuff, like whatever. But I mean, okay, take away Alien too. But but here's the thing. <laughs> the, the thing is, I, I, there's something about that trapped feeling that we keep coming back to, like buried with Ryan Reynolds or like The mm-hmm. Vanishing, which I'll never rewatch. Not the terrible American one, but the actual original one. Um, and when they did a fresh version of Buried Alive. That's hard to do. Mm-hmm. But what happens to the young guy who fails at the end of it is he's basically Buried Alive, right? Just, yeah. just the Silicon Valley version of it. And it's chilling. And, and the scary moments were done so well. We talked about this before when we did the episode and. In, in the review long ago, but just that, oh, that gross sound when she stabs him. And it's just like, it's like a spoiled carton of milk. And it just, the knife just goes, bloop and bloop. And it's like, oh my God, it was, yeah, it's, 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 it's terrible. And it's also, I think one of the scariest things that can happen in horror, especially sci-fi horror, is sort of that dispassionate, like the robot putting you to sleep in Alien Covenant or and not caring or how just like I'm afraid I can't do that, Dave. Like just that matter of fact evil is is um 
really good when you get it right, and this movie got it right. Mm. I fucking love that movie. All right, what do you got? Number 15, I got What We Do in the Shadows. Same as mine. Mm. I I mean, I got, I think that's my last horror the comedy. The only two horror comedies on here, yep. Yeah, and I mean, Jesus Christ. Like, And what's crazy is I can't believe I put cooties over T- Tucker and Dale, but to me, Tucker and Dale was wrestling with What We Do in the Shadows right. in terms of, of The King. Totally. And... And I, I, I also sort of favored that one just because the TV show is also just as good. So I, I consider that just an extension of the universe. Of the universe. Yep. Um, but it was just one of those like super, I don't want to keep saying refreshing for every film. Uh, <laughs> it was, it was so funny that it was, it was, it was actually probably the one I rewatched the most. Yes. It was the film it's that... It's one of our 98 percenters, too. Yeah, it's the film that I watched, and then I immediately ran home and was told all my friends, oh my God, we got to watch this movie. Yep. And then, in fact, when I went home uh, in the springtime, I watched it with my brother, yep. I, and I watched it with my sister. And then when I went back there for uh, October, we started watching the TV series. Yep. Like, this show just had a huge impact. Well, and there's a thing, there's a magic thing that happens with just a very few things. For me, it happened with Black Mirror, and it just happens once in a while, but you watch something and you're like, how did this not exist before this? Right. Like, how did not someone not make this before now? Mm-hmm. Right. Like, what we do in Shadows was so obvious an idea, but it was so brilliantly executed, and no one had done it that way. Yeah. <laughs> like, and- that, 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 like, mockumentary style really lends itself to that, but they made it super unique because they buried it in real horror tradition. Yeah. And I don't, I don't, I I think in the hands of any other director, it wouldn't have been nearly as good. Agreed. So it was like lightning in a bottle, but then they did it twice with the TV show. (laughs) (laughs) That's how good it is. Lightning in a bottle twice. What's 14? Ooh, I dude, I had to put this one on my list. Okay. I got unfriended. That's right. This is where we diverge. Okay. Yeah. I mean, this was probably the biggest shocker for me. To see it on your list. Right. Well, and to enjoy the movie. Oh, oh, right. Okay. Like, I remember. You were expecting another Gallows. It was one of those. It was, I think they marketed it as much as they did, like, the Gallows, where it was one of those films where it was like, no matter what movie you went and saw, that trailer was going to play. Right. And it was just sort of like, oh, my God, come on. Like, it's a Skype film. It's going to be generic. It's not going to have anything in there. It's going to be friend requests. Right, because <laughs> that movie's terrible. And then you go see it, and you're just, it's just—they're just like wrong, like Lex Luthor style. They're like, they're, they're like, they're like this movie is gonna be so fun, so creative, and and again, actually scary. And it's actually scary, like when it cuts to that kid with his hand in the blender, and he's like freaking out. Like the gore was great, and I mean, just the just the idea that they're like, hey, we're gonna do a horror movie that takes place all on Skype. Is it's I I love it. I'm always gonna fight. You for know what's like weird? I, this is this is no one. I'm the only person in the universe this will make sense to. So I don't even know why I'm saying it, but it gave me the vibe of like the the some of the mayhem that happened in the happening, but but not ridiculous. Yeah. <laughs> Not in a ridiculous context, because the, some of the things that happen in the happening are scary. It's just a fucking terrible movie. But it's weird. But when you like the the one with the hand, the kid with his hands like that seemed like something that would happen in the happening. But instead, it's in an actually terrifying movie, and you can see how scary that would be if the movie around it wasn't dumb. <laughs> yeah, no, if this was my biggest surprise and biggest enjoyment because the whole theater was just having a riot with this yes. movie. Because everyone's like, they pulled it off. <laughs> they pulled That's it so off. crazy. I put Final Destination 5. I'm so glad I made four, some. <laughs> at 14. 
Um, I felt like this is a good place for it to it belongs. And I, yeah, it, it, first of all, it, stick the landing. Yeah, just the best franchise come full circle moment in modern horror franchise mm-hmm. history, as far as I'm concerned. Um, stayed scary, stayed true to what it believed in, like stayed clever, didn't pull punches, and then. You know, I judge, I mean, like a lot of people, I judge Final Destination a, a lot by the opening kill sequence, right? So if you just rank to those, the log truck is number one, obviously. Yeah, right? yeah. Right? But I feel like the bridge holds its own. Like, it's better than the coaster. It's better than four. Like, it's, you know, it's 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 sort of the same as one. So, like, you got the sort of same thing at the end. But the wild. bridge scene is really, really well done. Even, like morbidly funny at, yeah at parts right and it's like kind of slaps like <laughs> i didn't even mind the 3d right which i usually hate so it yeah because you see those shots that are clearly meant for glasses <laughs> like the like the the boat like the spire yeah, of the yeah. boat yeah, the, <laughs> yeah so i just i mean i think pound for pound final destination is the the high, most consistent quality modern horror franchise Wow, so. and the the way they stuck the landing. Uh, well, the one w- one woman didn't stick a landing, no. uh, <laughs> but the film's ending, the film's ending tied back into that what it so does. Um, was like it, it was it's just a really great twist that you didn't see coming, and it's so obvious when it happens. Agree. Like, how did I see it coming? Who's unlucky enough to be at thirteen? Um, dude, this one's weird for me. It follows. I I was wondering if you were gonna leave it on your list. Dude, I gotta have to because like this. What's funny is this movie sort of acts like the villain. Like, like I'm like I'm like uh, I don't think about it, and then like all of a sudden, disaster pieces plays on Spotify, and I'm like, oh wait, it follows. Like I hated it when I saw it, but like it just keeps keeps growing on me. Like trying to change your mind, dude. It's weird. Like, like what was I doing? So, so like same with Midsummer. Did we talk about this? How like I hate, I ended up rewatching the ending Midsummer, and yes. I was like, I kind of kind of like it. Mm-hmm. No, same. Thing. I'm not there with you on that yet, but I, but with it follows. It was multiple scenes, yeah. And I was like, well, shit. Technically, if I like all of the scenes, right, of the movie, right. If every time I see cat randomly catch a scene, I like it. Yeah. If I like, apparently, I, I like most of them. If, if I like nine out of ten <laughs> scenes from a film, I think I like the film. So we we talked about this bef- a little bit before, but uh, this is one of those movies where, first of all, I loved it when I saw it. I, I I I get the objections to it. I really do. But I think that it's a it's it's just um, it, it's inevitable. It was an inevitable film. Someone had to make this film with this idea, right? Someone yeah. had to strip everything down to like the. Pers- horror pursuit of a victim essence yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and do it right so like it, it had to be there but i think it's just it, i think it's every, the funny thing about this movie to me is i get that everyone feels like it's a little flat and lifeless because they just don't like the characters in it the characters mm-hmm. are not it seems like a style so, choice right, yeah exactly but yeah. but ultimately i think there's the very fact that you can't pin down what the best thing about It Follows as easily is the best thing about It, it Follows, right? Yeah. And there's an amazing book from the Devil's Advocate series on, on the background of It Follows, on the making of It Follows. And, uh, you know, a lot of movies can't sustain like just reading about background. But this book really changed my mind. Like, I, I like the movie three times as much as I did Damn. after reading the book, which is hard to do. Like, that... 
usually reading a book is just complimenting. There's a great book about, I forget what the exact name is, but it's like Hellraiser and its legacy. And it's just about the whole Hellraiser franchise, which I came to late. Like I, I, I had to be convinced to like some of it because there, there, I just, there was something I didn't like about the, the whole Cenobite vibe. Um, but the, the book, you know, I came around and I liked Hellraiser and then I read the book and I would say that the book just basically like reaffirmed what I thought, which was it's a really daring franchise, right? For what yeah. it is until it turns to shit. But, but um, this book like was like, I don't even, I was watching a different movie than I thought it was. Like there's more in this Whoa. movie than you think there is. So check out the book. I recommend. All right. Number 12. Well, we had the same 13? We did. Oh, rock and roll. Uh, okay. We might have the same 12 to be honest. I think we do. Green Room? Yes. Dude, I was a late bloomer to Green Room by yeah. like a mile, dude. Like years. Yeah, I and, remember. Yeah, and then it was one of those films where I was like, I'm just going to put it on Netflix. Mm. And then I was like, oh, so you're an idiot for waiting that long. <laughs> like, that was really good. I would I would say I would say it's, it's along those same lines of revenge uh, when it came to the gore. Yes. Like that hand getting cut in the in the door scene. Yeah. Woo, yep. buddy. Yep, totally. I... I honestly like I'm so like I wish I would have saw it in the theater. That's my biggest regret of the decade. It just iconic shots, the dog, the villain turn from Patrick Stewart, like all of that oh, stuff is, so is amazing, right? And just the atmosphere of it. But I I think ultimately one of the things that makes it special to me is that it feels like messy Hitchcock. Everyone who tries to do Hitchcock does they always adopt the slick Hitchcock side. They always do like the Nolan version of Hitchcock. It's always like the following or they like to do like the, the, you know, the audience knows something that the people in the movie don't. And then like, there's the, you know, the really clever shots and, and like whatever, just the sort of the way Hitchcock does picture in your, in your mind, like the stabbing scene on the stairs in psycho or the, Mm -hmm. or, Janet Lee driving in Psycho in the rain or whatever. And everyone tries to shoot things like that. Green Room felt organic. It felt messy, but it had all of the beats and architecture of a Hitchcock film. Mm. So it felt like punk Hitchcock. Yeah. (laughs) Which shouldn't even exist. SLC Hitchcock. (laughs) (laughs) That shouldn't be a thing, but he did it. So Uh, (laughs) I think that's amazing just for what it is. I think we're going to diverge here, but you go first. What's 011? 11? Dude, I, I can't believe I picked this one. Uh, Cooties too. Cooties too. The Electric Boogaloo did. No, I, I actually, I actually went with Crimson Peak. Yes, I'm so glad you're gonna fight for this. Yeah, I was, I was trying to put Shape of Water somewhere, but yes, that I mean that would just go on my favorite films of like the that, entire decade. Yeah, that um, goes with but Crimson Peak was another one of those films where like when it left, when I left, I was like I didn't really like it. Right. I enjoyed it because it was like super gothic. Like it's a gothic horror we get this cool mansion with some cool monsters like yep. that is like a plus plus nick's gonna love it kind of stuff totally you know because i'm also a big fan of the haunted mansion like we haven't had like any really scary mansions this decade for sure so crimson peaks is probably the closest thing we're gonna get agreed um but then i saw uh, guillermo del toro uh because the marketing was a lot it was horror and then he went on twitter and he was like it's a gothic romance yep and i was like oh shit that made me like it a thousand times more. Right. And honestly, there's nothing. I mean, I'm looking at my list here. There's a lot of like cool use of cool colors in that film. And I don't think anything else really has that on my list. No, probably not. Because I don't think either of us put the Suspiria remake on. No, that, this is probably my most colorful film. 
which is a bit of a shame because that's a really good remake too. But yeah, I yeah I agree. And that's the thing is, I think if I was trying to put that movie on there, it would have fallen off from the not horror thing. Probably, yeah, I probably would have just taken the lazy way out to get it out, so I would have one less choice. Yeah, because otherwise, it should go on there because it's just an amazing film. I feel the same way about Colossal. I wanted Colossal to be on my list. But it's just, yeah. it's just in the end of the, at the end of the story, it's not horror. I actually realized it's an amazing film, but mm. actually, my list does have like one haunted mansion. In it. <laughs> <laughs> All right, <laughs> but well. it's not as. Oh, funny. it does. Dude. But it's not That's, as. But I know it's not as. Talk. No, I know you're talking. It's about. not as not I, colorful at I, all. I, but to be honest, I like the mansion in Crimson Peak more. <laughs> yes, I agree. Than I do the other. I do too. I, I, <laughs> the other I, one. I agree. Okay. All right. So my um, eleven is Caliber. Is that the one you showed spelled, me? Yeah, spelled B-R-E at the end instead of B-E-R. So it's it's a really... I mean, I didn't see hear a lot of people talk about it. I've never even it heard up. of it. It's, it's got really good reviews on, on Rotten Tomatoes, it turns out, but it's 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 a very quiet film. I've never met anyone who... Told, no one came to me and said, you've got to watch this, so it just didn't seem to have a lot of buzz, at least in my circle. But it's just a really brutal, quiet um, thriller... But but the opposite of boring because it is tension straight through. But the thing I really like about it is so so what do we what do we like about horror? What are the things you appreciate about the horror genre? Right. So there's a lot of things. Everyone the general things that scares you. Mm-hmm. It gets the adrenaline going, like whatever. And then there's the the more interesting things like the theories that you know horror kind of lets you work out anxieties or, you know, gets you sort of strengthens strengthens the anxiety muscle when you're in an actual anxious situation. You're a little like, there's all these horror things prepared about it. But one of the things I like about horror is that there's just this endless cavalcade of things falling apart. Yeah. Right. And I, I, for some reason I like that process. I'm drawn to that process. Right. So like disaster movies have it, but they all kind of have it the same way. Horror things fall apart all in a different way, right? Like the town starts to fall apart. Like pe- people, some pe- yeah, people don't. But Jeff Goldblum starts to fall apart. People don't believe you. Like if you think about whether it's Frankenstein, all the way up to like Stranger Things, right? Like it's the sort of the same dynamic. Like there's secrets in the town. People aren't what they seem. You know, like whatever. And then you you're trying to hold it together, and then it falls apart, right? Well, Caliber, they there's a one this this pair the friends in this movie. They make one very, very simple mistake. And they spend the rest of the movie trying to escape the consequences of that mistake. And it keeps piling up. And it's, there's an old comedy called Quick Change that had a brilliant premise. It was Bill Murray, I think Randy Quaid. Um, but the premise was they come up with this genius way to rob a bank, which truly was genius. And then um, when they get away totally out of the bank, just done, like no problems. And then all they got to do is get out of New York City. They just got to get to the airport. And New York thwarts them. <laughs> New York wow. City thwarts them, right? It's not the cops. It's not the bank. It's just they just can't get out of New York, <laughs> right? Which is kind of great. So these guys make one mistake, and they're just trying to get away from their mistake. They're just trying to get out of town, away, and they just can't. And it just make it worse. And everywhere they turn, it makes it worse. And it gets really grim. And then they face like this horrible Sophie's Choice moment at the end, but it's just, just brutal. And I just like the idea of how life seems like it's going fine. And then one, like you just, it's like, it'd be like walking in the woods 
and you're on a path and you step on a twig and when the twig snaps a little bit of dirt goes and then the whole thing collapses and you're like sliding <laughs> down a cliff just like that right that's what this movie feels like you showed me the shot and i would say like that's probably one of the coolest <laughs> things i've seen in the decade yeah it was executed it happened so fast if you blink you miss that it. is what i love about it it's so no bullshit yeah it's, it's really straight up so all right what you got uh, at a number 10. 10 Ooh, now we're getting to the nitty-gritty yeah okay it had to be on here top five of our list yes conjuring okay so, I mean, like, no, I know. I'm, I'm, I'm kidding. Let me give you a handful. <laughs> Never heard of it. Yeah. No, I mean, like, it started, like, it's it's its own, it's a big, it's its own thing now. It spawns right. something, like, you can't go the entire decade without something from the Wanaverse coming up here. Like, right. like, The Conjuring, like, which also, if we're talking about movie theater experiences, I can't see those movies in theater because shit always happens first time. Sister gets a car. That's a bad luck bad, franchise. One saw the second one, came back, saw a news dude die in the theater. I'm responsible for that death. <laughs> so, yeah, um, that's hard. Also, I do think the first two are like really well done. I actually, I, I've seen the second one more because I love Valak and I love all that mm-hmm. one, which is a little disappointing with the nun. Yes. Um, but I actually think I went back and watched the hide and clap scene from the first Conjuring, which was a big selling point of the marketing back then. Mm-hmm. And I remember it being like looking kind of lame, like it's kind of like because it's like just two claps, whatever. But then I re- went back and rewatched the scene. I was like, that's pretty, that's pretty frightening. That's one. Of that's the some best. pretty frightening stuff. But I mean, in terms of the decade, like the Wanaverse, like is like has like a chunk. Like, a, a, like yeah. real estate invested in this decade. I mean, yeah, it would be. Sh- it's boardwalk and park place. Of, right. Of, 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 I mean, how do you get. Exactly. Everyone wants to own that territory. And if it wasn't for this, we wouldn't have enjoyed Annabelle Creations. Right. And, you know, I still love the atmosphere of the nun. So yep. all because of this movie. Yeah. Which totally. is crazy. Yeah. I, I mean, you would never. I remember when it came out because it was yet another of the movies with this cursed thing I hate of just boring titles, where these boring one- and two-word titles. They the box and oh, God. a couple of those. Right, and then I just thought The Conjuring. But now when you say The Conjuring, because the movie was so good and such an impact, you don't. it's not boring. The Conjuring is not boring anymore. Like, it right. took a boring phrase and made it not boring. I think that's interesting. Um, at number 10 for me is Under the Skin. So... Uh, Under the Skin is an interesting movie because it's, it's obviously it's very dark and it's like very quiet. And I, I get I have probably have more slow burn on a horror than than a lot of horror fans would agree with on my list. But the thing I really appreciate about this movie is I think that if you took our lists and put them in a time capsule and pulled them out 70 years from now, it wouldn't be that that movie aged better than the other movies on here. Mm-hmm. It would be that I think the people who dug it up would understand what that movie was trying to do better than most of the movies on our list. Because I think where the world is headed is horror is more like the upgrade model where your body's taken over by nanobots or you just get like this movie. It has that Lovecraftian, like you just get absorbed by something bigger than you that doesn't care about you, just literally doesn't care, and and has no feelings about it. Yeah, right? you're just absorbed. It's like you're you're a stain on the floor, and it just like a sponge came by. <laughs> like I just had to clean Soaked you, you up. up. So just just because no other movie really packed that kind of punch, I had to put it on. I just realized Black Swan's not on either either of our lists, which is interesting. We didn't put anything from uh our, Yeah, Darren, Darren, Darren didn't make it. But I it's fine. It, it, it's I think 
I would have put but Mother over Black Swan. Though. I would have put Black Swan over Mother for sure. But I think I think, you know, it, it, we we are kind of making the same mistake that the Oscars do, where like that movie that came out like. 11 months before the Oscars that's clearly better than most of the things that are getting the prizes. Everyone's like, who cares? Hey. Like, <laughs> so that's fine. It's fair. All right. What do you, what do you got in nine? Oh, get out. No, I'm part of this podcast. No, no, no. Stay in. But my choice is get out. You have it at nine. Maybe. I got it at nine. Interesting. Well, dude, I mean, like I'm telling you, which is actually people are probably going to get, mad at me for what my number eight is but <laughs> like for real they're not, they're not gonna like it but but i mean to be honest everything from like nine and down i love the same so this is like so, this, yeah definitely that makes sense this part it's in no particular order other right. than just you know putting a number next to them. um but like i mean get out started all of what jordan peele's about to do i should have mentioned him at the beginning as as the potential for a double for double that that yeah, was my second yeah guess. he should have he he was obviously high odds for being i agree yeah i mean i agree i think get out is is phenomenal it's it's um there's not a lot new to say about it at this point it's i mean just, yeah, we've talked about it it's well. just what's one of the things that surprised me about it was how well it holds up on rewatches Right. Like, yeah. I didn't know how that was going to go. I knew I was going to catch things I didn't catch on the first time and Easter eggs and like stuff like that. Mm -hmm. But you just expect that out of movies now. No one makes movies where that doesn't happen anymore. But but it was more that there's some kind of magic that went into the making of that where Jordan Peele knew he knew it's like that feeling you get when you buy the perfect gift for someone. And you just can't wait to give it to them because you know yeah. you nailed it. You know, you know, you know that he knew while he was making it that he had the perfect movie in his head. And mm -hmm. I will, I'll say this for me: I know some people, you know, still didn't like it, but like I knew going into it, it was gonna be one of those movies that I was gonna love. Yeah, which doesn't really happen. And again, I and I usually don't get hyped for films because like I don't want to be disappointed. So I'm like, we'll just go and see it. But this was the one where I was like, I'm gonna like it. It was over. I was like, I like it. Yeah, and the cast is phenomenal. So, all right, um, what do you got at nine? Oh, that was that Wait, was my number nine. Okay, so right. oh, I got to do my nine. All right, so my nine you haven't seen. We talked about this. In, in matter of fact, probably no one listening to this has seen it. But it's a movie called November. Uh, I think it was 2007. You did show me the trailer for recording. <laughs> yeah, right, right. It's hilarious. And it's well, it's dark and scary and hilarious. But it's it's a very um, what you said makes the most sense. It looks like a modern Haxon. Yeah. Right? Like and 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 it's very folklorey, you know, very um kind of similar-ish feeling to like a Hagasusa or Terrified or those kind of things, right? But also I, there was a critic, I, I don't remember his name, wish I could credit, but he called He's it in the trailer, sneakily yeah. fun. Um, because it is, it's funny. It's way funnier than I expected to be, um, going into like the serious font they chose for it in the all black poster. I was like this, you know, it looks like Metallica's, you know, the ride the lightning. Album. I'm, like, <laughs> it does, yeah. I'm, like, I'm like, this is not going to be a funny movie, but, um, it was, it was, um, it was funny, much like most of Metallica's late albums. It's hilarious <laughs> movie, but it's also, um, it's, it's, truly striking there were shots in this movie that were so ravishing i was like i would put these up side by side with night of the hunter and anytime you can say that i feel like it's got to go That's on a list because night of the hunter is one of the best horror movies ever made so it's it's the the fact that he even could sustain comparison to that is amazing so i highly recommend it 
for all the every all the people on earth who have not seen. I will say out of all out of the different picks that you have, that's the one I want to see the most. I want to watch the ending to Caliber and watch all of November. You might change your mind when I get to my four, but you and you, but it might stay this way. We'll see. Your four is different than my four. Yes. What? All right. All right. Go ahead. I know my eight's different. Yeah. What's your eight? My eight is Kevin Smith's Red State. I thought you were gonna say we need to talk about Kevin. We need to talk about Kevin, <laughs> which which va- would be valid. It should we be out there. But, all right. No, I I loved Red State, and I didn't put like the other. Like I didn't put Tusco on there, and right. didn't put Yoga Hosers, <laughs> because because. Um, <laughs> but I think I really think Red State is one of the film. I think it's actually the biggest film on my list that doesn't let you catch your breath. Yes, I think I think once the boys meet up with the hooker, like from there on out, mm-hmm. it is just you're gasping for breath. Mm-hmm. It was also the one. Um, uh, the one film where, like, other than Ryan Reynolds is buried, where, like, I was, like, breathing weird. Mm-hmm. Like, when the kid from Nightmare on Elm Street's getting pushed in the cage mm-hmm. and you're inside there with him, I just, I, like, I couldn't, I couldn't even handle it. Totally. You fight for this movie all the time. And, and when I watched it, I was like, I totally get why you're fighting for it. Cause this movie's way, way, first of all, it's way better than I thought it was before you told me about it. And then, second of all, it was way different than I expected. Not from what you you explained it to me, but it was way different than I thought it was before anyone explained it to me. I just expected something different. It's from- and, and the other thing is is Kevin Smith has a has a back catalog of great movies. I mean, yeah. I like them, and totally. people always bring up Mallrats and yep. and Clerks and all this other shit. But I'm like, dude, fucking Red State is right. like the the one we should be talking about. This thing and we we have our movies we fight for. Like I always fight for that final footage movie, The Bay, right? Which almost made my list. And uh, and it's yeah. the same thing. It's like. When you go into it, you're. I'm like Kevin Smith horror. Like come on, you know, like come on, like because I hated Tusk. I just it just so I don't know. But anyway, I, I was like, but the Bay, like found footage. Come on, I'm not watch found footage anymore. But they're they're not what you expect. They are. These are movies that are different than you think. And I think Red State's an amazing movie. My number eight is Hereditary. Oh, you moved it. I moved it higher. You sneaky bitch. And I removed it higher because I remembered. That as much as I love this movie, as we talked about when we reviewed it, I hate the ending. Yeah, so, there you go, breaking hearts. <laughs> I was like, I was like, wait, why? I had this movie way up like at four or three, and I was like, wait, I for- forgot that I think the ending is absolutely terrible. So I had to move it up, but it doesn't take anything away from the fact that it was. It's a breakthrough movie that it was. It 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 was the first time in a long time that a movie had the reaction for me of of everyone coming to me and saying you had to see it the way they must have done with like the exorcist or jaws mm-hmm. or whatever and the fact that it was sort of an art house movie that pulled off that 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 thrill ride blockbuster move like that was crazy that it did that i right? remember that ad they had where it was showing people's heart rates throughout the movie i lo- i love marketing Genius. like that. do more shit like that Genius marketing all right, so you got... But you can talk about right here when you get to it. What do you got at uh, seven? Seven? I got The Wailing. Tell me about it. Man, this was one of those... A lot of the movies... It's so weird how we watch movies now, because The Wailing was one where I was like, I know I'm going to like this. Yes. It's just the runtime was the biggest turnoff. Totally. So it was one of those... I started watching it on my computer monitor, mm-hmm. and I was like, okay, I'm digging this. This isn't bad. And then I knew... 
I think it was right before, or maybe at the halfway point, where I was like, I need to watch this on a bigger screen because it's gonna get like I just I just knew it was gonna get crazy. Yep. And it was one of those endings, like like much like Hereditary, where the big reveal happens, and you kind of expect it because you're along with the with the detective, but it's still so frightening <laughs> because they went there. They're right. so like, well, basically, we're gonna show you what you think you're gonna see, and it's gonna scare the shit out of you. <laughs> yeah. And I'm like, okay, that's cool. But it was, it, it was, I just, I love these longer horror films. Like, I know sometimes they can be a drag and like, so, you know. You need a few. But I think, but I think a handful of them throughout the year where like you get heavily invested, that's not bad. We got some much longer shit coming up further on the list. We, so. got, we got one <laughs> very long, but. So, yeah, I agree. It's probably the most detective-y film I think I yes. got on my list. Uh, which is always nice to have. A little yeah. flavor. But no, it's a, it's, and again, very unsettling. So like. I, our our list is like it, it, there's a lot of these movies don't pull their punches, which I which I like. You know, they, they the people got real this year because I feel like it, it chapter two, for example, pulled a lot of punches that it didn't need to pull. And, yeah, and and these movies, at least the ones we've covered so far, haven't for the most part. So I think that's really cool. I have. We are still here at seven. So we are still here. Is that um, Barbara Crampton? Um, haunted house, ashes, burning ghosts, you know, yeah. movie. And the re- it's a very slow burn movie, but the reason I have it on here is because, first of all, I have it way up high because it's an amazing film. Like, it's just amazingly built. But I think th- the main reason I have it on here is because it, 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 once in a while, I need from horror something that feels like, like ultra adult, (laughs) like, like really serious, like possession 1981 or like exorcist three, where it's grappling with problems that like, because let's be honest, when you're, when you're watching final destination five, you're just there for, you know, the mayhem. You're not like Mm -hmm. there for whatever. And then when you're, when you're watching a movie like revenge or high concept movie like Mandy or whatever, you might be getting backstory and really caring about the characters or whatever, but it's kind of running along one track where the track is like in revenge, she's getting revenge and you're trying to <laughs> yeah. figure out if she's going to pull it off or not. And you're rooting for her. So that's the track. Everything you learn about her, even, even unrelated details about her past all becomes relevant to her quest for revenge. So everything kind of feeds it's, it's just like a pyramid. Everything's leading to that top stone they're placing on the monument. Right. We are still here as messy the way life is. It's like, it's like, uh, I don't know how to describe it, but it's it's just it's it's not polished, but it's it's um, I don't it's just it's super adult. That's the thing. I, it's ultra adult. I keep I have this phrase in my head about like what it means, and it, it just gives you that feeling like that I got when I listened to George C. Scott and his friend talk to each other in Exodus Three. Those dialogue scenes that I could just yeah. watch for hours. That's this movie has that, and not many horror movies in the decade did and i think it's the best one that did so it's on there all right what do you got at six number six is our other haunted mansion yes <laughs> uh i actually and I, I and i i know maybe people would consider this tv show but i didn't we so let's just get this out of the way we allowed ourselves one tv show each because there were a couple tv shows not like black mirror or creep show, or whatever. But there were a couple TV shows that just felt like mega movies. Yeah, that they arbitrarily chopped into chapters and made TV, TV show. But they, you could watch them as a movie. As a matter of fact, the one I'm gonna say, I think we both have on our list later, 
they they showed it MoMA as a as a movie, <laughs> right? Which is nutty, right? But still, like I mean, it's I think in the in the directors' heads they see it as as a movie, and then it gets chopped for consumption, right? Yeah. So so my pick is of course the Haunting of Hill House. I went with Haunting of Hill House because out of I think I think there's one other movie on there. It like that felt like an event. And like especially towards the end of this decade when like we were just getting a ton of movies thrown at us like really fast. This this one kind of like held its grasp on everything. You could move in. You could move in. <laughs> you could move in. But it had people talking for a good amount of time, which I, I think in today's standards of how much shows and movies are released is saying something. So I think Shirley Jackson has gotten a well-deserved, you know, renaissance of attention. She's the author of, of Hill House. And, and so it, at this point, it's not everyone kind of knows who she It's like what happened with Robert Johnson in, in blues music. No one knew who he was. And then eventually everyone knows who he is. But mm-hmm. um, she deserves it. And it's it's one of my favorite horror novels ever written up there with Dracula Frankenstein. Like, it's that good, right? So... I'm never going to object to that kind of material going in, but when you're dealing with that kind of material to get it right, to do it well is so hard. And, it <laughs> and had, the fact that they did it is a miracle. And it had a lot of like pretty iconic moments. Like I think totally. if you did a montage of scariest shit throughout the whole decade, yep. you're going to get a couple of shots from the haunting of Hill house. Great. You're absolutely, absolutely agreed. Um, I had the same. So, Oh, what do you got next? Rock and roll. <laughs> Number five. Now, uh, this should be on your list. If not, feel free to knock off what you have at number five and put that there because that's where it rightfully belongs. Oh, wait. Sorry. I was looking at your list. My bad. Oh, it was Rip your six. Back up. <laughs> My six is Tigers Are Not Afraid. Oh, I never got around to that one So yet. Tigers Are Not Afraid is... Uh, is it? Here's the thing. Uh, this movie is so original and so um, meant. You know, remember when you were... I can't even say it because I think I'll spoil one of your choices, but... It, so it's this is a movie that's really really scary but you go on a journey with these characters in a way that i don't think i've seen in a movie in in a long long time like Mm -hmm. imagine imagine how you would have felt if you had got gotten to interview regan from the exorcist in real life like regan mcneil pretend she exists right but you got to interview her like two months after the exorcism, right? Like, like she had just recovered it. She remembers all of it and she gets to tell you, you get to like, you know, describe what it was like going through that or whatever. That, that experience is what watching this movie is like. Wow. It's, it's just an incredible film. That pitch sold me on it instantly. <laughs> all right. What's you got? What do you got next? Number five. I think let's keep it. Let's keep it on the shutter train. Yeah. And let's go with Terrifier. That's what I was going to say. I didn't want to spoil yours. Everybody. But... And not yeah. to be confused with Terrifier, which no, I did not care. <laughs> Terrifier's got moments. But, but it's got yeah. a moment. <laughs> um, but Terrified, holy shit, dude. Like, again, I watched that at your house, broad daylight. Yep. And it still scared the shit out of me. Yep. It is probably, I, I honestly think it's probably, because Hereditary for me was one like the scariest film of the year. And then I think I, I honest to God, I think terrified probably edges it out. I, I think you're, well, I, yeah, I think that's a tie, but I think the fact that that's a tie says something because those are, it, that's a high threshold. It's got some of the scariest horror movie moments. It's probably, it, it's got, I think 
Yeah, I really do think that probably, little kid. That little kid, oh. and then and then the the out of focus monster oh, okay. running into frame, yeah, running the into focus. Yeah, I, I I like I rewatched like I loaded up Shutter, went to that scene, and I still like I had like braced myself like while it was buffering, mm-hmm. it was like roulette. <laughs> I was just like, what's it gonna play? What's it gonna play? I think it's one of the. I think it's terrified as these. <laughs> I'll say I'll say I'll say it's the scariest, but in but what time was hereditary? Um, you, I mean, every horror fan's got to watch this one. But really, really good. I did again. I did not particularly like the ending of that movie, but I love everything else. About the it. end, yeah. That last shot mm-hmm. is kind of bus ass, yeah. but <laughs> but yeah, but everything else is is so well done, and yeah. it scared me in the broad daylight. Like yeah. it's got to be on the list. My five was Get Out, so we can go to your four. Okay, that works. Oh, my four is Hereditary, so we can. <laughs> so my four is Black Coat's daughter. Now, here's the that thing. That was on a lot of... I don't think you've seen Black Coat. No, no, no. But I, it's it's the one... It's sort of like Hell House LLC. It's one of those films that a lot of people really love. Do you know who's in Black Coat's Daughter? I'm going to k- probably kick myself in the pants when you So it's me. Emma Roberts, but then it's Sabrina Spellman. <gasps> She's in it? Yeah. Oh. And I, So here's the thing. I'm going to fight for this movie because I, I, I saw it on a lot of lists that were like best 100, but I... Didn't see it high up on anyone's list that as high as, as high as I'm putting it, and it's only seventy something on Rotten Tomatoes, which I think is a crime, because I think this movie is a masterpiece. But so first of all, it's by Osgood Perkins, who's you know Anthony Perkins' son, and everyone talks about, but like he's just a really I didn't know that either. Yeah, he did. Um, oh my god, it's it'll come to me, but he did uh, the. I'm the pretty girl who lives in the house. Um, oh, okay. so he's really he's really good at the slow burn. This is less slow burn than that one was, but Nick, this is this sinister satanic movie where this girl is there's a furnace that is the horror version of the furnace the scary furnace in home alone yeah <laughs> but when it lights up it's because she, the the girl thinks that it's satan making it talk with flames or whatever and she's beheading people to worship this furnace but then satan is actually there maybe and then there's an exorcism, but it's the first time I've ever seen an exorcism where the exorcism works and the evil spirit goes away and is going out the window and the exorcised person looks up and it goes, wait, don't go. What? Like, because she wants the evil force. She didn't want to be exorcised. It's amazing. The scary scenes are scary as hell. It's so stylish. The acting is incredible. It, it's it's one of the best horror movies I've ever seen. It's incredibly well done. It's really really scary, and the ending is heartbreaking. So it's oh, and and here's the thing. I'm, I'm gonna spoil like I, minor spoiler because this like spoilers don't bother. Tangentially goes to well, you're not the only one listening, but the, tangentially, <laughs> tangentially, hopefully true. you're not the only one tangentially to the ending. I, I won't go the particulars of the ending, but. One of the things I love most about this is the what this this movie sticks this perfect landing where the real sadness is to go through it's not to go through that's the thing that Stephen King's so good at, right? What Stephen King's so good at is you go through this hellish situation like with Christine, right? And think about how Christine ends. That there's a new couple that's blossomed. The the people who belong together got to be together. Some people paid a price, like that's life, but like they they found each other and and they're I don't better it's not better for it because you don't want to go through that thing, but they're stronger for it, right? 
This one is how it is is more true to life where you go through all this and the heartbreaking thing is at the end, it was all for absolutely nothing. It's mm. all for nothing. And and that's a feeling everyone has to grapple with in life, but it's rare for a horror movie. It's easy for a horror movie to do it in a scene. They do it all the time. Like every saw trap. Why'd you do that? It was for nothing. You're just going to die over here. Right. Like it's easy to do in a scene, but it's hard to do in a way that feels like life. And that's what this movie does. Mm. Amazing fucking movie. All right. What's... Well, you sold me on Sabrina's film. <laughs> I, I love that show. What's your three? My three is actually Let Me In. Okay. So we, we hit that one pretty much. And the yeah. only thing I had to really say about that was like, that was the one, the one rare occasion where you're like, well, let's watch the original. The original is better. And then when it was over, you went, Oh, okay. Well, maybe <laughs> maybe they're equally maybe the fucking bear. good. Yeah. I mean, you could make an argument that they're just. I think the original is a little better, but I'm. It's so close that it's almost. It just depends on which meaningless on which scenes you thought were executed yeah. better because they there there's a little bit of difference in some of them, but okay. it just depends. Um. All right. So that's number three. All right. My three uh, is the endless. Um. We covered this in detail in a previous podcast, so I won't. You as as anyone who heard that before knows, there's some particular so like Dante's Inferno. Everyone in Dante's Inferno in his nine circles of hell, everyone gets a customized punishment, mm-hmm. right? So like whatever you did in life, that's what you did. Like Judas, who betrayed Christ, is being chewed on for eternity by Satan. I don't know why Dante thought that fit the crime of being a Judas, but, mm-hmm. but he's being consumed for, I mean, he's, it's like being in the Sarnak pit or whatever that thing's called. Oh yeah. So, so there's something that happens to a character in this movie that bothers me more than anything that's ever happened to a character in a film that we've talked about before. He's stuck in a time loop, but his time loop is super short <laughs> yes. and it's terrifying. But I just think it's, so here's the thing and and this is the weird part because we talked about like a lot through this right so like a lot of these movies you've got these great writers or great plots or great things that impact these things and if you look at a shirley jackson or like whatever these are great writers i I would argue jordan peele is now a great writer right but like the the most underrepresented great horror talent in literature translated to film is lovecraft Mm-hmm. Almost no one has done a great Lovecraft movie. And when they do, they're not doing Lovecraft. Like The Mist is one of the best Lovecraft movies, but it's not Lovecraft, it's Stephen King. Yeah, right? yeah, yeah. So like Lovecraft, either he either it's a bad Lovecraft movie or it's a good Lovecraft movie, but done by another writer. So now it feels more like Stephen King than Lovecraft. So what the hell? Right. Right. And then you never get the in-between. Like Dagon, which is one of my favorite Lovecraft movies, I, I fight for the movie all the time. I think it's a really, really good movie, but I would never put on a list of 20 best anything because it's got a lot of flaws, right? So, like, oh, yeah. Lovecraft never gets that kind of thing. Like, Event Horizon is a Lovecrafty movie, but you would never know it, right? Mm-hmm. Same with The Thing. But So he never gets credit. Even He just gets an influence. This is a truly Lovecrafty movie, truly well done, truly feeling like Lovecraft. And just for that, I had to put it high up on my list. Damn. Right. That's a That was a... My goodness, George goes. Mister George goes to Washington, dude. <laughs> Hit me with two. <laughs> uh, our 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 number twos and ones. Yeah, the I same? think yeah, we're, we're okay. All, so we're now the we same just, on. Now we can just join yeah. rings. Yes. Uh, 
Twin Peaks returns. Yes. Man, I know that's always. I was. I'm ready for people to say that's nothing bullshit. <laughs> this is a movie. He's a dude. director. He thinks of these things as movies. It's a movie in his head. This is a movie and. It, like let's be honest I, I i if i'm being honest the 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 got a light scene and that whole episode terrified me more than anything anything that i've seen in a movie or on tv in the last 10 years like of the entire decade it bothered me so much when i was watching it and i'm a huge david lynch fan but like that episode unsettled me so much i was literally in this state of it'd be like that you know that state where you drink too much or you got too high or something like that and you can't do anything about it now you're just stuck you're just like please stop like i was like wait i don't want to tell anyone how much this has bothered me i don't want to talk about it. i just want to sit and think about it but i don't want to be alone but i don't like it was you try to eat there was, food there's, yeah it. there's nothing to do right like there's nowhere to go with this feeling like you're just like spinning around like what like there's no outlet for this so like it was that impactful, right? I mean, it's just that it's terrifying. It, the the acting, are you kidding me? I mean, we would have to take another hour to go through all the actors and the nuances of what they did. You Jim got Belushi. the guy from Scream. Uh, what's his name? Oh, Lillard. Matthew Lillard. Yeah. Which is weird because I mentioned SLC Punk earlier. <laughs> it's like, wow, that's a Matthew Lillard that's episode, Matthew dude. Lillard. This is a Lillard, Lillard uh, fest. So, you, I mean, you got, and then Harry Dean Stanton who passed away, Laura Dern, all, uh, Kyle McClark. I mean, just David Lynch himself has somehow become a good actor. Like, it's just, I mean, it's just packed with, just riches beyond imagination. Yeah, I know. I, I, I never was a fan of the original Twin Peaks, but like, I remember watching this when we did like the Hollywood mansions tour and then like went and got some tacos and actually, I actually, cause they released the first two episodes at, at right. once. I actually watched the first two episodes of Twin Peaks with a huge headache. Which I is, remember. Which is funny because a lot of people watch David Lynch and get a headache. But I went into the film with a headache, <laughs> with the headache. and I still enjoyed it. <laughs> and then the God of Light episode speaks for itself. And then the the first two episodes, that was the, with that crazy box and the alien attacks the while they're making out on the couch, right? Yeah, the, yeah. And it's like hissing. But then the the way it ended. Oh, the ending. I mean, it's probably got one of the best horror movie screams of all time. Yes. The, I mean, even just saying, you know, uh, what was he asked? Like, what year is it? Yep. Or what's the year or whatever. Like, no, oh, my yeah, God. The, yeah, what year is it is what he says. Just that oh. just that lost feeling. And then that scream, you're right. And here's the thing. Like, a lot of times with acting, you can see the strings behind it, even with the best actors, right? I would argue, like, I love Black Oak's Daughter. But at the end, I feel like I'm I'm watching Emma Roberts, and she's 98.5% nailing it, and 1.5%, like, I can see, like, an acting class. In there, yeah, you know? yeah, yeah. That scream is a thousand percent convincing <laughs> that dude, screen is like ends on dude <laughs> like oh my god there's no acting class in that scream dude, that it's scream like it's like it's like, like going to the craziest roller coaster of your life and you're like wow i don't think i can scream anymore then you look over to your left and the person sitting next to you is dead <laughs> right so then you scream one more time like that's the feeling right it'd be like the it was the sound of someone taking someone's soul and running it through a cheese grater right it's just horrible <laughs> What year is it, man? That gives me chills thinking about it. All right, number one, uh, best movie of the decade. Of the decade, yes. And it's it's this is a this one is delicious. (laughs) This one is delicious and divisive. Divisive, delicious. (laughs) Double D's, delicious and divisive. Yeah. The the witch. The witch. The The witch. The witch is. 
Yeah, I mean, there's not a lot left to say about this movie. You you either love it or you hate it. You either think it's scary, you think it's boring. Like I I get we all loved this. it. I remember the people in the theater in front of us like they were like that was stupid, and yeah. I was like I remember it was the it was the one time where I went I wanted to be like so what's it like to be a dumb dumb who doesn't get it? <laughs> I I had the same experience. I had people who walked out and they were they were actively pissed that they had spent money to see it. Right? Yeah, like they were they were just really. And and they were walking out, and it was it was weird because I I live in Los Angeles now, and I have for a long time. But I came from Ohio, and uh, it was I was back in Ohio, uh, personal reasons, and it was um, snowing, and I hadn't seen snow in forever, right? So yeah. I drove out in the snow to see this movie. Try driving in snow after you haven't driven in snow in ten years not yeah, not rough. the not the best thing in the world, right? And then. Um, you know, I got to this theater and it was just walking out and it was this dark snowy night. There were only like eight people in the theater, right? And there's just, of all the people, I love the movie and then everyone else who liked, who watched it hated it, right? And then I just watched the people walked out and I literally, they're going out the door, the door does a chime thing and they just turn to each other and they like, the guy just throws up his arms. He's like, well, the, I just don't get it, yeah. right? And I get that. I get not getting it. But I also get getting it because <laughs> this movie is so such a sweet spot for one of the things that I think gets undersold in horror the most. And George Romero brought this in the spades. It's wanting to do it right, but having to do it right under bad conditions because horror movies are, are, you know, they're frowned on and they're not, they never get legitimized and, yeah. and they never get the Oscars unless Anthony Hopkins is in them. And like, right. you know, that, or, or you tame them down so much where it's like fairy tale, like a shape of water, the situation, right? Or so Jordan like, Peele. Or, yeah. Right. Or Jordan Peele. But like the, it's, it's rare. Right. And, and this movie really, you could tell that Robert Eggers wanted to get it right. He wanted to get... It took him a while to make it. Like yeah. It five or seven forever, years. Forever. Right, exactly. And that's what I'm talking about is, you know, that kind of effort is... is I don't get... Like, if someone put that kind of effort into... if Like, let, you know, if someone put that kind of effort into doing a painting, if they told me they worked for seven years on a painting... The worst reaction I would have to a pa- them showing me the painting in their house is, oh, that's really that's really great. And then thinking to myself, that's not that great. And then walking out, whatever, because I have to respect the effort at that point. Right? right. This one, you don't need to do that because it's an amazing movie in its own right. But like, I don't get coming at it with that high level of hostility just based on the fact that someone spent seven years bringing you a horror movie with all the details that were right, set in a place where he put it in the hardest place he could set it for himself. <laughs> Right, because that's where it belonged. That's where it deserved to be. And then, and then you come at and you're like, "Fuck you!" Like that makes no sense to me. So Even I, the music, I think they used only instruments totally that were like made of all, water yeah, or something like that. Right? In fact, I think yeah. the that was the what's the, the composer? He had that weird box that made weird noises. And even Alex Taylor, who did the theme song yeah. for us, like yeah, he even he even made one of those two. The theremin, like, yeah. No, it wasn't the theremin. No. It was like theremin's like that sci-fi, like like that you know UFO. Oh yeah, you're right. I'm sorry. It was like he, that. He told, yeah, he told us about it. It was some weird thing that just makes gross noises yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and so every aspect of it even i think a lot of people probably didn't like the fact that they used like what like what was that like old english like how what's that sure that style of, of whatever but i liked it like stick to he stuck to the guns he was like guess what this is where we're at you're living it sucker well it's all hypocrites if he had put it in that era and had him wearing jeans and speaking like regular english everyone would have shit on him for 
you know, for having it be like not make any sense. So it's not, but regardless of the defense of it, which it didn't need anyway, because it's our, it's our, it's our list. Right. But here's the, the, the crux of it is it's, it's amazingly well done. It's gorgeous to look at. It's truly scary. And I think it's endlessly interesting. This is a movie like like the same thing that Fincher gives me with his best movies or whatever, mm-hmm. where I feel like I could happily watch this movie once a year until I die, right? And I, yeah, and I and I think I think it's very rare to get that in any movie of any kind. Like when I get it in a genre movie, like I did with Skyfall, I appreciate it. I could watch Skyfall once a year. To, yeah, to, to and it gives die. you that Beetlejuice ending. Just put in, let's <laughs> put in the jump in the line song. When you wanted an optimistic ending, she's very empowered. <laughs> You're very right. <laughs> this is probably the most optimistic. She's like, guess what? We're gonna have tons of butter, bitches. <laughs> this this episode then ends on a deliciously happy ending. If I if I had to start my own coven, and the devil's mm. big selling point was butter, I would name my coven the Butter Bitches. Because <laughs> we're gonna we're rolling in it, dude. Of course. No, so that's I mean that's the decade yeah that's the decade and and there were a lot of movies that didn't get in there but but here's the thing like when you when when i went back and i looked at the list or whatever i felt like when i did the stats on it that's when i got really really hopeful about horror and and also to to some extent movie making again because i didn't expect so many original films dude so many films with not, not only are they not remakes or sequels they don't have sequels to them right like no one's gonna come around and make the lighthouse two, <laughs> right these movies are standalone propositions right and mm-hmm. i think i think that's amazing like you're not gonna see green room two, two. like that's not a thing right so, blue room the blue, <laughs> blue. so it, it and just from the fact that you have so much originality and so many people trying so many brave and interesting things um, I I think it's just a good end on, on a hopeful note. I I agree 100. I'm glad to see. It's funny we, until when we started the episode. Like there's just so many original things on here that whenever I see people talk about you know like horrors you know horror, you know big original stuff. We got a whole fucking decade of this, dude. <laughs> we got like even some of your picks I still haven't seen. Right, totally. You know, so I don't know. I'm loving. It. Oh, here's what I wanted to ask you. Yes. Out of all of these original films, which one do you think is going to get rebooted in 2020? Oh, yeah, that's right. Well, I, I don't know if anything from this list is, but I th- if, if we want to play the game of... So is the game which... Because technically they are restarting so let's, three. So let's... Yeah, that's true. So let's, let's play this game on the way out. Let's say... If you had to guess, are we doing the next year? Is that what you're talking about? 2020. Like, out of in 2020, so in the next which year, what... Is going to get the first reboots? Right. I don't know. I, I mean, Scream, obviously, we already know. But I, 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 it's weird because, the like you, like I said, these are so many original, like so many of them are blind alley, dead end, like propositions creatively to try to expand on. I, I would see, see Sinister. I would see the... Like, yeah, I mean... It'd have to be like that or The Conjuring. Those are the only ones that I could see them being like, reimagining. Yeah, like, from our list, that's the only thing I could see. Now, the guy who wrote the the material that became Let the Right One In is still an active writer who has written further stories in that universe. A lot like, mm. um, I forget the guy's name, but the one who wrote The Ring and Dark Water and whatever, and people don't realize, they just think all movies going out of Japan look the same, but that's actually, it's the reason those themes, 
they're thematically similar. It's the same guy writing novels, right? Yeah. Like so, like the like like so, it's not you know it, he has done material. I wouldn't be surprised to see something. I wouldn't be shocked to see something further out of the let me let the right one in universe is what I'm saying. Oh, okay. Because he's just an active ah. and really good horror writer. I can't believe the ritual isn't on here. I just hit me. That was the one. It just. Mm. I liked it, but it didn't grab me like anything. Yeah, I wouldn't. I can't think of anything on my list that would bump, but I remember really liking it. Anyway, it just jumped in my head because it reminds me of there. He's the uh, Scandinavian, just like the guy who wrote "Let the Right One In." Um, oh, but yeah, I think that's that would be my guess for for the universe, and I wouldn't mind that. I also wouldn't mind seeing some more the happenings in the Crimson Peak Mansion. Let's see some of that. Let's get some more gothic horror in there. That's what I want to see. And you know what? For the listeners. Let us know what you think. Yes. With a five star review on iTunes. Or my favorite, I actually I actually prefer this. Screenshot it, tag us on your Insta stories. Let us know what your top films for the decade were. In fact, if you could boil it down to just one, let us know what that shit is, because I'm curious. And 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 if you if you have any uh Ill feelings about us putting Twin Peaks on there. Just disregard it. Don't even don't, <laughs> don't respond to us about that. Just just let us know what your favorite of the thing it was, and we'll we'll keep moving forward into the new into the the roaring twenties. <laughs> so the twenties. What year is this? What year is this? <laughs> All right. Till next time. Stay scary. Watch a bunch of movies. I gotta watch some of myself, and we'll talk to you next time. Bye, guys. Bye.